This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, 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 back to winning ways, finally in, in the league. Um, it feels like an absolute age since you won a league game, obviously Oxford away being the last one. And uh, I have to say it's a, it's a fantastic feeling to be back at maximum points and um, coming on and giving, well, giving your thoughts on the past week or so. And obviously Joe and a person at the game last night. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm tired, but I'm not hungover as I was driving us back from the train station. So, uh, yeah, um, and uh, I think I've got an extra hour in bed compared, an extra hour or two in bed compared to Ross as well. So, um, yeah, um, tired, but um, still, go, still going strong and raring to go. Good man, good man. So we've got a fair, a fair bit to talk about today. Obviously, uh, the two games that have happened. Obviously, of course, a lot of focus on the one game in particular from Tuesday night. Um, and also Cheltenham to look forward to on Saturday, which is another away trip. And, you know, one that's brought back some previously good memories also. So, yes, busy, busy episode. But before we get started, um, a quick reminder to make sure to enter our competition with Carabao. Um, they were kind enough to offer us a pair of tickets to give away for the Morecambe tie in November. So all you've got to do is visit our, our Twitter and you'll be able to see the tweet there, how to enter the competition. It's only running until midday um, tomorrow I dreamed it today, so midday today on Thursday. So apologies if you listen to this later in the week. Um, we we're at longer if we had the choice, but unfortunately we don't. So yeah, if you are listening to it before midday on Thursday, please enter that. Um, and yeah, we'll announce funders fairly soon after that closing and uh, hopefully get to go to the game for free, which would be nice. Right, lads, obviously two two games in four days. Um, Saturday against Wickham in, in the Bucks Derby and of course Charleston away on Tuesday night. Um, obviously two very different results that we did get in the end, and I'm sure we'll get on to that. But obviously, you boys went to both games, um, unfortunately and fortunately. Um, Ross, in terms of, obviously, from watching both games from the starting whistle to the final whistle, 
how did you find both in general? Um, they're quite. I do believe they were quite similar games, um, but I felt the difference between um, Saturday, obviously Wickham and Charlton was a balance in the team. I felt um, first half in both games we were quite similar in terms of it was just we were really lacking any real cutting edge. Yeah, granted we had the um, Will Grigg chance in the Charlton game, which hit the bar, and I think we ended the wet, uh, half quite well. Um, but I think recently, as you, I guess you can bring it in both games, is you can see that the performances are improving. And um, I think a lot of that is down to the two lads up top in the wingers, in Barry and Holland. I think having, obviously, these two, and we could see that Barry and Holland were pretty, um, when it did come into the lineup, they wanted things to happen, but obviously due to confidence and game time, they... They just weren't, they weren't ticking along what they are now. But um, I think, in especially in the Wickham game second half, we just struggled because of they hit that wonder strike and then they were marking us up man for man and we, we're having to go pretty direct. And I think that was frustrating a lot of the lads. And um, we didn't really get stick to our own game plan. And I know obviously Manning refers to it as like our our own way and culture. As pass, obviously passing it out from the back, and um, we decided to go long through coming and obviously punting up top to Will Grigg. It's just, it's not happening. It's he's not the, the biggest of lads. So um, obviously, I think that's the difference between the two games. Is yesterday we we got the ball on the ground and we saw how how well we can pass it about, and I think at times we were trying to do it too quick, but. I think the most pleasing thing was obviously it was away from home. They were unbeaten at home, and um, we pretty much had nothing to lose in that in that game. And um, we we done a job on them pretty much. And Charlton can't even say that they were, they were hard done by as such because they didn't create a lot themselves. Yeah, they can look at the refs, the ref and this and that, but we didn't have chances to go our way like that um, interception where Louis ran into the ref and the ref carried on. That could have easily been 1-0. But they could argue about the penalty. And, yeah, I'm not saying it's a penalty. It is outside the box, but he's last man, so it's a yellow card. So he's down to red. Uh, it's definitely a red in my eyes. Um, it's well, if he penalties. doesn't give the penalty, he has to give the red because of the double jeopardy, doesn't That's he? what I mean. Yeah, exactly. So, obviously, down to down to 10 men away from home. And we're, we're going to be at them for the last, what, half an hour. So, uh, yeah, the thing what pleased me the most was... We looked a lot more balanced and defensively we, look, we looked assured. And then going forward, we had moments where we, we could create. And I think, especially with with how we set up last night, I've, I think things will improve and improve each week. And as you say, when confidence goes up, the results will go up. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad we got the three points. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Holland and Barry. A lot of, a lot of positive comments from obviously all the listeners that you gave the feedback into this episode. Thank you very much for that. It's, you know, Jonathan Harry's mentioned about Holland and Barry, um, Cheza, MKD, Rob Lewis, all sort of mentioned how, how those those two in particular, you know, really, as Ross mentioned, you know, were fantastic yesterday and really contributed to uh, the three points overall. Um, obviously, Ross mentioned the point of balance, and I think it's a common, I think it's a topic that we've discussed with those wing backs in terms of, you know, 
Palace usually one attacking fullback, and I think Lawrence is very attacking as he always is when he's on the pitch on Tuesday night. And then usually when it's sometimes it's been Dan Harvey's going forward, but I think Dan Harvey had a bit more of a reserved role in that, in that game against Charlton on Tuesday, and I think it. I think it benefited us overall. I think, you know, we all know that Lawrence is the, well, I think majority have agreed that Lawrence is the better attacking wing back out of him and, you know, the out position, Ayo Gake. Um, and, you know, I think it showed last night and how he got it created. But, uh, Joe, what, what do you reckon between Saturday and Tuesday and your, your general thoughts on it? Yeah, it was, I was really pleased with, just even, even after Saturday, um, Saturday's game, you know, I, I know we lost, but there wasn't necessarily booze ringing round as much as there have been in previous weeks. And I think that's because people could see what we were trying to do, which we haven't had for a long while. And on Saturday, it wasn't against Wickham. Yeah, it weren't, it weren't great, but you could see what we were trying to do. We had two players on the pitch that would cause, would cause, you know, a defence, a, a degree of caution, you know, people that can run with the ball. One thing we said so often is that we'll get the ball and there's just, you know, we'll be playing four central midfielders and five defenders. And so there's just nothing, nothing that can be created as such because there's no one making these runs and no one in these forward areas. And against Wickham, I think, you know, second half, they did kind of drop back. So we did have way more of the ball, but then we just didn't have the patience to just, just play it short, play it short, play it short and just, just wait. You know, I remember times under Russell Martin, we'd be playing it round for bloody ages before we actually then make a breakthrough and then all of a sudden you're in. Um, but, you know, I think they've obviously worked on something in the next couple of days because we were far more patient at Charlton and, you know, it, as a result, it worked. And a few times in the first half, moves were broken down. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to them in a moment, but by cert- I've, I think... Bradley Johnson is the most frustrating player in recent history in the MK Donshire because every single move was breaking down when he was lumping the balls into the channels and then he goes and sticks one in top bins in the 80th minute. So I just don't know what to think about him at the moment. But um, yeah, I, th- I think um, it's just, it was that degree of patience and the willingness to actually run in behind and have options going forward. Um, I think, as you mentioned about Henry Lawrence being very attacking, Oye Goke, I just don't think he's that sort of player. He's never played ring back in a fight three at the back before. So, we, you know, I, I said before, I think it's quite harsh to think too much of him or blame it too much on him. Yes, he wasn't performing the best, but, you know, he, he, he was doing what was asked of him to the best of his ability, essentially. Um, but yeah, Charlton, we had a tangible threat. We, you know, our XG was much better. And that doesn't even include, you know, if Barry, Barry, if he didn't get fouled, he would have had a shot. So that would have been a good high-level chance in open play. And also, um, there was a moment on the counter-attack where Henry Lawrence um, played in Barry. Barry took it around the keeper, but just couldn't get his shot off. So, you know, we created some really dangerous situations, even if it didn't necessarily lead to a shot. And one of the main things I was saying on Saturday was, you know, we got Holland and Barry, you know, out wide. who were really trying to make things happen. But you can tell they, they didn't really have the confidence just to have that shot, just to put that early cross in, to take their man on. But I think we have starting to see a little bit of that on Tuesday. And I think that was, was the difference, I think. You know, we saw people being taken on. But um, Holland, he, there was a, a loose ball that he didn't give up on. And then all of a sudden, the, you know, the defend, all it takes is a defender to slip, which he did. And he slotted Griggin, who, OK, I, I get he was, you know, sprinting and all that, but... 
what, 12, 14 yards out, clear shot on goal. I'd have backed Greg to, to score that nine times out of ten. Um, but alas, wasn't to be, and he got his chance later on with the penalty. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think it's just intent. And I know it sounds so cliche and stupid, but just that bit of confidence because it was almost like in the second half at Wickham, as soon as they scored, and by the way, I think it was a cruel goal to concede because they'd created nothing. And then they just score an absolute wonder strike from the second ball from the corner. You've got to hold your hands up. Fantastic goal. But it just seemed like our heads dropped at that point. And that's when we did start to, you know, as Ross said, they went man to man. And we just didn't trust in trust in the process, if you want. We, we started going long, long straight from coming and we'd be losing the ball. Um, so I think it was just, yeah, belief in, in themselves, trusting in, you know, trusting in our ability. Because, you know, as I've said, we do have some good players here. We might not be, you know, the best six teams in the league, but we do have some good players. And it's really just nice to just start seeing some glimpses. And, um, yeah, if you're going to get a little bit of luck that comes your way as well, we'll take that We'll take that too. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're certainly owed a bit of luck, that's for damn sure. So uh, we'll take it as, as much as we can at the moment. But... Yeah, I think I think the patience point's really key one actually, because you know, for a young side to show that amount of patience on the football, I think, you know, yes, it, it grows confidence. And I think collectively as a team, as Ken mentioned, you know, they worked their socks off and they didn't really give much away last night. But I think having that patience, you know, it, it shows a lot of maturity as well, doesn't it, Ross? And the fact that, you know, these whilst it isn't um as young as squad as we as we used to, there's still a lot of young lads in there who as we keep mentioning, haven't had much um, either EFL or this professional football experience altogether. So the fact that they came together last night for, you know, the first maybe the first time this season and really ground out a result is um, is nice to see. Yeah, and I think obviously you mentioned it there about obviously it's kind of like learning on the job. If if you get put in a new sector in in your job role, whatever you do in your job, you're you're going to struggle at the start and then you're going to ease yourself in. It's exactly the same. And I think um, I think we're starting to see Manning starting to find out what his starting eleven is now. I think that's so key in itself as well. He didn't really know um, due to obviously results not going our way, and he was trying to chop and change systems, players in the in the squad. I think now we're starting to see obviously the same back five. Well, I say the same back five. Obviously, there was one change, but I can't imagine him dropping Lawrence this weekend. Sure, but. I think we're starting to see similar players week in, week out. Yeah, and I think on, you know, some individuals, you know, of course, again, it is a, it is a team collective, but some individuals are really are standing out. And, uh, well, I've, I think the one that, from reading every, all your guys' comments, who, you know, the one that seems to be the standout player this season in general is Zach Jules. Um, you know, the amount of comments we've been getting about Zach Jules recently has been you know, off the charts, you know. Uh, Ted mentioned about how his resurgent, his recent resurgence has been, you know, you could argue he's been a player of the season so far. I um, mean, you know, Mitch mentioned we have to talk about Zach Jules. You know, he needs his own topic, and you know, here it is, Mitch. Um, you know, I say the say Ken called it the, like the Jules redemption story, for example. So, you know, I think I think this past like what maybe three to four weeks, we've kind of seen a a different side to Zach Jules. Really, I mean, the player that we knew and and have criticised in the past has been one who. I didn't really feel was suited to a certain system. He didn't didn't play like he was anyway. And 
he always felt like he was on the fringes and whenever he played in like a a Papa John's game, for example, he kind of stood out. But I mean, Joe recently over the past three to four weeks, even in the league games, he's really making his own mark on that left-hand side of the defence and, you know, he's even forced Louis out of position into the centre-back role. So that just shows you how much impact he's actually had on this team. Yeah, I mean, Lewington, we've, I don't know how long we've been saying on this podcast, but he's he's one of the, as a defender, he's one of the most like creative defenders in terms of his passing. But I think the fact that Jules is so willing to get forward and overlap and then just, you know, that's not even when, we're not even talking about his defensive abilities there, but he actually, you know, he played the cup games at the start of the season and he was probably one of our best players at Watford as well. You know, obviously that's it's a long time ago now, but he started that game and and was absolutely excellent. I think, um, and I what I, I love, I absolutely loved his interview after the game. If, if people haven't seen it, I'd urge them to go and watch it because he just he comes across as just such a bloody good guy, <laughs> and he's 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 um, yeah, I'm a bit jealous of how good his beard is as well. Um, but it's just yeah, one of them where I just I was really actually just pleased for him. And you can tell that he, I think he said a few weeks ago, he himself, he's just sort of like, I, I need to just buckle down and just, just do this. And I'm really glad because we saw flashes under, under Russell Martin, because under Liam Manning, we've not really seen him at all. But under Russell Martin, you know, he played a few games in that second half of the 2021 season. And, you know, we, we, we thought, yeah, he's not quite ready to overtake Louis, but we've seen some stuff here. And then, yeah, just a year of nothing, really. But, I'll, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And we thought maybe we'd be, you know, number 33. God, maybe he needs that number four shirt back. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, I mean, Ross, I mean, what, what do you reckon is... I mean, Joe mentioned about Zach and Steen said he needs to just buckle down and crack on with it. And I think he certainly has to be fair to him, but... Do you think there's been maybe subtle changes in the system that have allowed Zach to come in and play the way he has, or has it literally just been, you know, full credit to him and and the way he's performed so far this season? I think it's pretty much 50-50. I think under Russ, they were asking him to play left wing back. And I think with Jules, it's not a question of whether he's got the desire. I just don't feel like he's got the engine to uh, play as wing back. Um, Personally, he suits that left left centre half role because of yes, granted, we, we see him go on these mad runs, but he's not a liability if he's out of position as such. I think Louis covers that so well, and we've seen it in the past. I questioned whether Louis could actually go in that centre half uh, role only due to his height. I think you can always always question that, but I think you you I think the experience of Louis just taking that extra step back or falling over and doing the Lewington, as we all know. Um, I think the experience just pays off. So um, I think this is a chance for Jules to say um, or adapt his game to this left centre-half role. And I think, obviously, we thought it was a done done move for him when he went over to Fleetwood on loan. And we, we thought we'd never see him in the Don side again. So you have to applaud his attitude and the way he's came back and fought back into the side. Um, and I... As Joe just said, he, he seems like a really nice bloke. So I really do hope the best for him. Yeah, so hopefully he can progress on with this Don side, uh, you know, to wherever we're planning to go. Hopefully that's, you know, at the period and we'll see what happens there. But, you know, he's, yeah, he's had a fantastic start to the season and uh, fair play to him. And 
you know, that, that back three last night, she looked fairly solid to the point where people were actually saying, you know, is this the back three that we need to use moving forward, which is to say a credit to uh, the three lads and Jamie at the back also in goal. They got a clean sheet last night. So, only our, no, go on, go on. only our second clean sheet of the season I'd like to have as well. And yeah. there's been lots of games where we've not necessarily even defended bad. Like Wickham, we thought we defended fine. And then there's been a wonder strike. Um, but Shrewsbury, they didn't necessarily pepper us. But the defended was just crap for those goals. And because I remember, you know, Ross, we were, Ross, we were saying a few weeks ago, like when we were saying what's actually going wrong. And so many of the goals we've conceded weren't bad defending. It weren't us games where we were getting battered. It was just freak mistakes. You know, Plymouth, three of the goals were freak mistakes. So just, and, and Jules, again, he said something brilliant, which is conceding goals can be a habit. And so I think it's even just that mental shift to just get out of that mindset and just get into the mindset of, no, 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 we're a team that doesn't concede goals, I think is just healthy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Jay mentioned it earlier about, we, we, we tied an episode earlier this season, the two sides of Bradley Johnson. And uh, again, we, we certainly saw those two sides last night. You know, we saw a player who, you know, was had a 20% completion rate on long balls and his, his passing early on was, you know, a bit wayward, to say the least. And then, you know, he stays off the rest of the, he stays off the full 90 and puts one top bins the 80 minutes to seal the game. So literally you, you can't win with him sometimes, can you, Ross? And, uh, He's a high-impact player, whether you whether it's a positive or a negative way. Yeah, when he lined up for the free kick, I was expecting, oh, watch out. <laughs> get, get ready, lad. And then it went, went, I believe, did he get knocked off the bar as well? I might be wrong. I think the keeper pushed it in. Keeper put it on, keeper put it in, or he got tipped onto the bar. And then it's one or two, in. yeah, one or two. Yeah, and he, he went off, and I'm, I think it's a bit of a weird one because he doesn't score easy goals. He He just doesn't. You you what look at his um Port Vale goals, I think it was, and it was outside the box and um I can't remember his other one. Um free kick. Oh yeah, another yeah. free kick, exactly. So he, he's yeah, I, I wonder what his XG is and on, on goal at the moment. But yeah, I'm at the end of the day, he's a bit of a weird player because he goes hot and cold, doesn't he? he? And when he does go cold, you can he sticks out like a sore thumb. Um but I think it's it's a bit of a weird one because of when when a player is in form, and I know it's easy to say this, but when a player is in form, you can, you can't really drop them. But also in the same breath, we haven't really got any other options because of Robson. Granted, he's he's really struggling at the moment, just finding his feet. And then other than that, I look at Matt Smith, and I don't really see him in that role. Um, so. We've been kind of forced into this move, but it seemed like last night we, we were on the right end of it. Yeah, well, Joe, I remember we were sat next to each other for that free kick and you were saying, um, watch Bradley not put it into the, the back of the net or something. And funnily enough, five seconds later, he did that exact same thing. So uh, I'm sure you you're pretty on it. that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, it, thing is, with him, it, I think that's what makes it more, that's what frustrates us is because we know that he's not a bad player as such. And... You know, especially when you're building out from the back, you expect him and, say, McEachran to be the one, you know, the orchestrators. And I get I get what he's trying to do. But sometimes, especially when you're away from home, you just don't need to force it. Um, and those, you know, these little chipped balls over the top that bounce out for a goal kick or just whipped balls into channels that the defender intercepts. I, I, look, I get there's an element of risk with it. And we've been saying that we do need to take risks. I do get that. 
But I think that at times, you know, especially away from home, you just want to calm the game down. And we, we had it where we had a bit of a spell of possession for, say, 30 seconds and nothing happened. But all of a sudden, a, a Holland run or Barry comes deep and then all of a sudden space opens up. So I think it's a fine line and, you know, he's capable, but which makes it all the more frustrating because we know he can do this. Um, so, yeah, really happy for him that he got his goal. Um, I apologise for everything I ever said, Bradley, until you start chugging balls into the channels at Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and with that goal last night, obviously Bradley Johnson is um, second top goal scorer in the squad behind um, Mr. Will Grigg on five. So, you know, he's uh, he's doing this bit, whether you like it or not. So, yeah, fair play to him. And yeah, hopefully he can um, you know, keep scoring some goals and maybe just be a bit more accurate with the passes. No, that'll be, that'll be, be all good on our end. Um, I suppose a couple more points before we move on to Cheltenham, gents, and the fact that um, I missed my Iris was back in the squad, which is fantastic to see. The MDL returns, thank God. Mm. Um, obviously, we're, we're big fans of them on the podcast. Um, and it's funny enough, obviously, boys, you met him in Charlton last season and um, his first game back this season is Charlton. So, um, Ross, how pleasing was it to see my back? It's a bit of a weird one. So, obviously, uh, right at the start, he, had, he went for a spell, didn't he, where he was struggling and... Everyone was like, "Oh, he was, he's not that." And I think we, I think as as podcast backed him, we thought it will come, and we saw the form he was. He he went under, and now everyone's huge fans. So it's just pleasing to see him getting back on the pitch. And as Liam Manning said, he said, "Whether he hits the ground running or not, it's just good to have him around." And I think the more minutes he gets into his legs, because he's not, he won't start on Saturday. It would be silly, silly to in my eyes, but. Um, it's just quite healthy competition up top. Obviously, Griggs been alone, re- um, alone recently in my eyes. Cody, just things hasn't haven't worked out for him. But um, yeah, it's good to see the main man up top come back. Yeah, so I'm sure he'll be on the uh, in the squad for Cheltenham, and yeah, he may get 45 against Taunton. Who knows? But yeah, say as as um as Ross mentioned, Joe, it's great, it's great to have him back, and um, yeah, I suppose it gives you know. The whole sort of squad who had our last season, and maybe even the new lads, a bit a bit of confidence knowing that the number ten's back in the squad, and uh, you know, hopefully fit and firing soon. Yeah, I think it's just for the mood around the place. You know, sometimes when you're not doing great, I think Neil Warnock said something there. I listened to one of these podcasts he did, and a team that a, a team his team had just beaten someone. And their manager said, "Oh, I think I'll get him in running round tomorrow." And he said, "What are you doing that for?" They've already been going through it um wanting to take him out for a meal or something it's like it's just that thing of when a team's on the floor there's no need to sort of just push them down even more it, and the, the, these things can just bring you bring you back up and I think it just helps with the general atmosphere and and I think that that will you know this is just another one of those things where all of a sudden him he's coming back we've got tonight coming back soon as well by all accounts um and yeah, oh, I was so glad to see Mo back. And like Ross said, probably even before Christmas, I wouldn't expect too much from him because he, he, he's he's come back from six months out. It's going to be just getting used to all the movements again and match sharpness, match fitness. Um, so yeah, it, it's um, I'm not not going to be putting loads of pressure on him straight away. Um, but just yeah, it's just so good to have him back. Yeah, most definitely, and it's a nice, it's a nice point to end on before we uh, take a short little break before we get into the weekend's game against Cheltenham. 
This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Right, boys, another road trip on Saturday, this time to Cheltenham. Obviously, a ground we're pretty familiar with from last season and, of course, the heroics from Hiram early on in the campaign last year. Uh, Joe, take us through everything about the Robins. Yes, well, um, as I say, another trip on the road. Uh, my faithful Peugeot 208 will be making its way down to Gloucestershire, so another one to look forward to. Um, Cheltenham, funny team. They've had a lot of change over the... Um, over the summer and in both on the pitch and off the pitch, um, losing most notably probably their most important asset in Michael Duff, who's um, headed over to Barnsley and is doing quite quite a decent job there. Um, but uh, his replacement, uh, Wade Elliott, isn't doing too bad of a job um, at, over at Cheltenham. They're actually only four points behind Barnsley on 17 points. Um, but that actually correlates to... Goodness, nine places in the league. So just to give you an idea of how tight that sort of middle batch in League One is. Um, but yeah, as I say as well, Cheltenham, they've lost, did lose a few players as well. And they had a couple of loan players that went back, um, as well as uh, losing Will Boyle, uh, most notably, uh, one of the most notable um, players for, of themselves from last season. A massive centre-half who you know, he gave, gave, gave us quite a tough time um, at their place last season. Um, in terms of incomings, they've, they've um, signed um, a few decent players. In terms of um, Ryan Broom, we, we know what he was doing at um, Plymouth last year. Really quite a nice, creative player. Um, and Dan and Ludu has also come in. However, um, he's actually be, um, been injured. He came off injured last night. Uh, so it looks like he's going to be out. And that's along with Alfie May, who um, I think was he, he was one of the top goal scorers last season, top maybe second or third or something. Yeah, he was it though. I wanted him here, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So really decent centre forwards. He's out as well. Um, so it looks like former Don um, Charlie Brown could be leading the line. And um, I hope his performance at Cheltenham on Saturday is just like his performance when he played for us last season at Cheltenham. And he lis- misses about three open goals. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, overall, as I say, they're, they're, they're doing okay. They're sort of in that lower mid-table region, but you know a few wins, and naturally they're you know in the top ten really when it comes to the league. Um, home form, they are much better at home than they are away from home. They've actually got the tenth best home record um, in eight games, scoring ten, conceding twelve. So, so very tight, very boring, but you know it, it's what's worked for them so far. Away from home, just to, for a little bit of context, they're bottom of the league for away form. Um, just, just. To, add that in there so um yeah i think um you know that they've got some good players they've got some players that can hurt us they are without a couple of their key players due to injury um so you know i think that would favor us um, they've just come off the back of a one nil win at morecambe so them like ourselves they're going to be in good spirits after they had a bit of a tricky run of form themselves cheltenham so yeah i think it's a game where both teams will go into it thinking that they've got a chance and also, if you do look at the league table, it's um, two teams that are sort of in the bottom six. So it is, it is a game that we'll be looking to, you know, really just continue the momentum, I think, uh, of the previous game. So, um, yeah, definitely not a, no walkovers by any, any means. But, um, you know, they, they have got some weaknesses in their side, which hopefully maybe we can, uh, can capitalise. 
Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, in terms of in terms of any plays stood out to you, Ross, maybe Joe hasn't mentioned. Is there anyone that stands out? Um, I don't think they've got any standout players, but they've got some average players for League One, in my eyes. So Joe mentioned Broom, uh, sits in the number 10. Um, and he, he can grab goals if, if given the space and chances. But um, I think one player in this Cheltenham side which probably stands out is Circum. I'd arguably say um, he's just an all-round solid player. He, he'll get get involved in the interceptions, breaking down play. Um, but he doesn't do anything anything um, over the top, or he tries to make things happen. He's just a steady player. Um, but if you're just looking at this Cheltenham side, um, I think it's a side we should be beaten. But also, they're a team which don't score many goals. You can you can see by the look, look of their squad why. Um, obviously, losing Alfie May. I believe they've only scored 13 goals in 15 games this season. So I'd, I'd, I'd be very surprised if they're scoring five, four or five against us this Saturday. But, um, <laughs> uh, but, but again, it's a game which the players shouldn't be underestimating and um, they shouldn't underestimate any side in this division because, of as, as we all know, any side can grab points anywhere like we saw um, against Charlton uh, on Tuesday night. So I'm expecting a tight, close game. But one, I believe MK should be um, taking three points home with. Yeah, and you know they I think what what I'm thinking on this Cheltenham team is they're a fairly high pressing team. I think they're like top five or six for uh, pressing data. So you know a key player you know, mentioned Circle, another key player in that pressing who you know I can't wish we signed him when he was initially released from Wolves is Taylor Perry. Um, you know a player who doesn't really get too many goals or assists, but you know, is averaging a key pass a game and averages at least two tackles and two inceptions a game. So it's a player who, you know, is, is quite a key part to their press and will try and capitalise on people like Johnson and McEachern on the pivot trying to play, play, uh, they play the football. So it's one to watch out for. I think with that as well, it's, you know, we saw against um, Charlton that one of the differences between Charlton and Wickham was Charlton were actually willing to try and come on to us, whereas Wickham were quite happy to just sit back. So, um, Potentially some spaces in behind, especially when they're going to be the home team. They're not going to be wanting to. I mean, I mean, they may do. They may change it up and look at what Wickham did. But you know, I think it, we're we're better suited when a team wants to try and come on to us. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And I think if we touch on lineups, gents, I mean, I, I can imagine after coming off a win that you know we'll be in probably line with with Liam Manning and the fact that you want to try and keep the same eleven. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Joe? Would you keep the same eleven that beat Charlton? Um, I think it's very easy just to say yes. I think the only caveat is just um, legs, um, any knocks we don't know about. Um, I think like Louis Barry, he limped off a little bit, uh, but that may have just been because he was bloody knackered because he put in a hell of a shift. Um, but maybe Bradley Johnson or Louis might just, it might just be neat time for them to have a little break. Um, I don't know, um, but we, we've got a few options. You know, Tucker wouldn't be the worst thing coming in, him coming in, just seeing how he gets on. But like you said, it's, probably going to be probably rather have the stability in the back line um, but a Devoy or a Matt Smith potentially in the middle middle of the park just for Johnson just I'm just thinking legs here um, um, I think maybe maybe a Dennis instead of a Grig if we're playing more on the counter attack perhaps but again I'm not going to be too disappointed if Grig starts um, and then Lawrence he's not played too much football so I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see a Matt Smith start out wide or, or Oyugake. So I think there's a few few different changes he could make, but I I think it'll be two 
three changes max, if any, at all. Yeah, so um, Tucker, Tucker came in against Warsaw, and yes, it was Papa John, yes, it was Warsaw, but he looked all right in them in that game and they had a pretty solid performance in that back line alongside um, Jules and O'Hora. So that's an option, I'd, I'd definitely say so. And yeah, obviously there's some players who can cook them back in, like like the Devoys, like the Oyagakes, who, you know, if we want to switch up with all the games they've got recently, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, then uh, it makes sense. I mean, what about yourself, Ross? Would you would you try and keep the same level as much as possible? Uh, I'd, I'd stick to the same 11. And then after 60, if you are talking about legs of Johnson, bring on Devoy. As you say, but um, why change your winning formula? Obviously, we haven't seen many wins in the past. And if we do start with the same 11, they're going to be high on confidence. The change room's going to be on the up. And I just feel Manning, Manning saw something on Tuesday and we saw something on Tuesday to be something to be proud of. And let's just keep that going, heading to Cheltenham. Okay. And in terms of result, what are we thinking? I mean, I think for me, it's a, it's a game where you know both teams tend to score in it. It's historically it's always been that way. I, I don't think many, I don't think either teams come out with many clean sheets in this one. So um, I'd like to think we can win. Um, again, I think we'd have to be a fairly clinical team on the night to get the win here. But um, I think we will be. So I'll say two one dons. Uh, Joe, what do you reckon, mate? In terms of score, I'm two one as well. Um, I think. I think we'll go ahead. I think they'll get. I think we'll go two 0 ahead. They'll get an, almost similar to Oxford in the way in the way that they'll get a late one, and it will be a bit of a nervy finish. But I think we'll. I think with their lack of firepower, I'd like to think that we can maybe go and take advantage of this. And I think it could be the perfect opportunity too. So yeah, let's let's go carry on this form. You know, even though we did lose against Wickham, it was a better performance. So let's just keep this keep it rolling. And Ross, by what you said earlier, it sounds like you're making it three wins out of three for Dons. Yes, it is. I'm, but I've gone a bit more confident than you guys. I'm, I'm backing us to keep a clean sheet. Too, I think, um, I think Barry, he's going to get a goal on Saturday, and uh, we're going to see a completely different player. Now um, we see, we've seen him improve and improve, and I think um, we're starting to see the best of him now. So um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if he nabbed a goal, him or Holland. I uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if they nabbed a goal and uh, we take three points back to Milton Keynes. Yeah, they sound, well, yeah, 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 both, yeah. <laughs> but no, they, they certainly both deserve it. So hopefully at least one of them can grab a goal on the weekend. But uh, yeah, that, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. As mentioned, if you are listening time, make sure to enter the, the competition with Carabao on our Twitter. Um, and if not, hope to see you Saturday and come on your dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.